Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. We have such diversity on the show. I love it. I love, love, love it. Uh, and I certainly have given Benny a lot to think about. Definitely, I'm sure Nick is plugged in as well. No emotional cheating. Oh, I'm telling you, bad, it's a whole bad, big Benny, conversation. <laughs> and I'm going to have a whole big conversation about it. But, you know, you talk about cheating. Let's talk about cheating of a real, very, very real nature. And, you know, what cheating am I talking about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I mean, are we cheating the next generation uh, of, of people on this planet? Are we cheating the people that are coming after them? And what do I mean by that? I, many of you know that, um, of course, when I launched Dr. Pat's Green Challenge, it became a very important part of the next stage of my own personal evolution and what it means. And, you know, for me having an awareness of what's going on in the world and what we're doing uh, is important. And then we can make intelligent decisions. I'm being joined here by you know, someone that's not only passionate about it, but knows a lot about this. Tom Campbell, Campbell is a world-renowned marine wildlife photographer and cinematographer. He was part of a select uh, force recan unit assigned to SEAL Team a one in Vietnam. He knows what's going on in the oceans. He spent 20 years with the California Highway Patrol. Uh, he's become a professional ocean photographer and cinematographer. He's one of the first to work in high definition. And so he's joining us here today so that we can look at, you know, what will happen to our planet if we don't stop polluting the ocean. This is a big conversation only because there are people that are split on different sides of the fence with this. And yet, how can we forget that more than 70% of our planet is water? The other thing is, do we even know how quickly that water can become polluted? I want to thank you uh, for joining us here today, Tom. This is a big conversation, but, you know, you're the guy to have it with. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Pat. I'm happy to have a chance to chat with you a little bit. You know, is the size of the ocean, because it is 70%, you know, of our planet, is the vastness of it, do we go to this place of sort of taking that for granted at some levels? Meaning, eh, so we throw a couple of tons of garbage in there. Who cares? Right. Well, you've hit the nail right on the head, so to speak, because it's basically out of sight and out of mind. And most people yep. don't realize that there's a life and death struggle that takes place beneath the ocean waves every second, every minute every day, month, and year, and, and the wildlife that exists there. And they've had a perfect ecosystem for millions of years Yep. until we came along. Yep. And now things are changing. Well, you know, it's part of this that we don't understand the smallest, the smallest thing we do to set that system uh, in, in, into a different mode, sort of get it off balance, has this ripple effect, this chain reaction. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that part of it? It is. That's, that's actually a main part of it. When you consider that a billion people a year rely on the sea for a daily food source, another, in another decade, millions more will depend on the same source. And at the current rate of fishing, there'll be far less ocean life to sustain a much higher population. And the technology has accelerated to the point where the fishing industry has the ability to locate and harvest vast amounts of fish that they didn't before. Mm -hmm. Techniques employed are often cruel and indiscriminate. The long lines, drift nets are among some of the most insidious ways of catching marine wildlife. And the practice of shark finning, for example, is a huge problem in the world today. And I don't think, in fact, I was surprised recently when I was at a seminar and I was speaking, uh, I talked to a lady who said, well, what is shark finning? 
And when you think about shark finning, 100 million sharks a year are killed in our oceans for their fins. And they're the number one apex predator. It's not that you just take something out of the ocean. It's when you take apex predators like that, everything below them is affected right down to the reef itself. So there are some significant things happening out there that people should be more aware of. Uh, I think Jacques Cousteau brought it up 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. He made a comment that we're killing our oceans, and if we don't stop what we're doing and make some changes, we're going to suffer tremendously in the coming years. Critics of his and people who just didn't know for sure sort of shrugged it off. Now it is 20 years later, and what he said was true. He, honestly speaking, you know, let's spend a minute talking about Jacques Cousteau, because this was clearly an individual that was so far out of the gate ahead of every one of us beyond anything we can imagine. I wonder what would have happened before his death, and I think he died in 1997. I wonder what would happen if we'd have actually sat down and had this conversation with him. I wonder what he would be saying now as he's looking down at us and what we're doing right now and what we're even proposing and be thinking, you've got to be kidding. I mean, this is a man that educated more people on this planet about the beauty and the power of our oceans than any other sing single individual. What is the next danger for us here, Tom? I mean, there's so many things we could talk about. I want to get from your perspective. You know, what's on the what's on your A-list right now? Well, I think the most important thing before we even discuss that is to know that even though it's 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 pretty grim some of the things that we discuss, it's not the end of the world, and there is hope. There are things that can be done, and that's right. probably one of the issues that we'll talk about later is right. this Save Our Seas Adventure book series. Right. And I, I agree with you because if you go back to the whole ozone conversation a decade ago and how grim that was, and now you look at the fact that, you know, uh, countries like Canada have reversed that situation. I mean, this is a place, this is a time of action, and so the conversation is about taking action, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It is. It certainly okay. is. Great. And, and, you know, everybody down to the individual can make some sort of difference if they just try. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, if you're a parent and you don't know anything about the ocean, like many people don't that come from the middle of the United States. They don't see the ocean. They don't hear that much about it. And even if you're somewhere like that, you can get books and educational material for your children, things that will help them learn. And that's what this book series is all about, as a matter of fact. And it's one of the things that's exciting about it for me even though I'm not involved in the book as far as writing it and so forth, mm -hmm. I can see that it's going to make a big difference for children 8 to 12. And it's going to be available in all these major bookstores like Barnes & Noble and Borders and Amazon.com and places like that. So if parents, because the, the future really is, is based on our, on our young people today. We've done an awful lot of damage in what we've done so far. We've, we've done things, that are, some of which are irreversible. And so the best thing we can do now is to educate our children to try to step in and make mm -hmm. a change before it's too late. And our children are getting our children are getting very well educated here, Tom. You know, as a matter of fact, I think they're teaching us a few things. They are. Um, as we look at this, though, I mean, you know, is the biggest threat to our oceans, you know, dumping our garbage in it? You know, is it is it wiping out? You know, the, the like the shark, who definitely represent a very key aspect of what we call the food chain. Mm -hmm. um, 
But sharks are the obvious, uh, you know, for me, the unobvious example. There's so much going on down in the ocean that we have, uh, we have touched and have created an imbalance that most people don't want to talk about because they can't see the connection. What, right. How do you talk about this? Where do you start? Well, I think there's four major things that we need to be concerned about, and it all boils down to pollution. But one of them is plastic. There's mm. more plastic in the ocean now than there is plankton, which is a major food source for the great whales and things like that. There are lots of things that just eat plankton. There are literally thousands of marine animals that survive on plankton. Mm -hmm. And now there's more plastic than there is plankton. That's now, let's make problem. sure everybody understands why there's more plastic in the ocean. <clears throat> plastic bags and yep. plastic material like water bottles and so forth, if they're not recycled, and it's so important to recycle those things because if they're not, they end up in the trash bin. They end up eventually in some in landfills, but many of it, if not most of it, ends up in the ocean. And it doesn't degrade. And sea life tries to eat that kind of stuff. Like, for example, a piece of plastic bag floating in the ocean that's just a Ziploc bag. A turtles uh, prey on jellyfish. And if they see a plastic bag, it resembles a clear jellyfish, and they'll try to eat it. And they'll get it stuck in their throat every time. And, of course, they starve to death because the plastic jams up their their their, uh, their eating habits. I mean, they can't swallow anything. Right. Right. So that's an example of the plastic, and there are literally, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of billions of tons of that stuff floating in the ocean now. I recently worked on a project in Abu Dhabi, and I had to go over to a little island to do a shoot with something, and I was absolutely shocked while we were driving down the beach for miles and miles and miles in these little four-wheel drives at the piles of garbage that were 100 yards deep, and six feet high. And the shocking thing was that some of the garbage that I saw was things that I recognized from the 50s and 60s, toys and things like that that were made out of plastic that were washed up on this beach, and that's where they live. Just stay on the beach, the ones that wash, wash up out of the ocean. So if you start looking at the major portions of plastic that are put in the ocean, then you look at oil spills, then you look at shark finning, even, even something as simple as cigarette butts. I mean, how small and insignificant could that be? In one coastal cleanup day in Southern California, they picked up 230,000 cigarette butts, which were collected from beaches in Southern California. That's 176 million pounds of discarded cigarette butts are discarded in the U.S. each year. And they're full of carcinogenic materials that are, that are poisonous, and they don't degrade for many years. And if they go on the ground, they may end up in the ocean. So there are lots of things that we're doing that, unfortunately, as I said, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind, goes in the ocean. We don't think so much about it because, as you brought up earlier, it's a very, very vast ocean. And so we just don't see it and we don't think about it. But it's time we start thinking about it or we're going to pay a severe price, especially our children. Well, you know, we've got lots to talk about. This is a big conversation. Uh, and, uh, you know, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about oil drilling. And, you know, what are the main issues of this and how controversial this is? Uh, there's a lot going on right now, including uh, the Japanese using whales for research. All of this is important for us to educate and inform ourselves. We'll take a short break. When we come back, we'll be right back talking about Save Our Seas Foundation. This is a nonprofit headquarters in Geneva. If you want to find out more, go to saveourseas.com. 
SaveOurSeas.com. We'll be right back with the show and my special guest, Tom Campbell. Hey, are you one of those people who need a boost of motivation to lose those extra pounds and inches? Well, here it is. Take the Sugar-Free Miracle Weight Loss Challenge and earn $100 for every 10 pounds you lose. I'm Karen Bentley, creator of the amazing Sugar-Free Miracle Diet, which you'll love. It's easy, sustainable, and it stops out-of-control eating. To participate, send me an email at expert at sugarfreemiracle.com. That's expert at sugarfreemiracle.com, and I'll send you the details. For years, I was searching for a church that spoke about God in ways that made sense to me, in ways that recognized my struggles in life and then helped me find solutions. I found that church. It's the Center for Spiritual Living, a wonderful community that is helping me build a better life and a better world. Each Sunday, Reverend Dr. Kathy Ann Lewis inspires me to create a world that works not only for me, but for everyone. Honoring all paths to God, the Center for Spiritual Living is located just east of University Village on Sandpoint Way with three Sunday services. Visit online at spiritualliving.org. People want three things when they build and plan for retirement. The most amount of money for the longest amount of time with the least amount of risk. Now, I'm sure you currently have a 401k or an IRA of some kind. However, there are five things that can wipe out your current retirement plan, like disability, market loss, taxes, litigation, and premature debt. Call today to find out how our retirement plan is protected from these five financial storms. And remember, retirement planning should come with a peace of mind, not uncertainty. So call 888-252-3083 or visit debt-free mca.com. Did you know that nearly 60,000 dogs and cats are euthanized every year in western Washington? Posado's Safe Haven Space Station, a state-of-the-art mobile vet clinic, travels to the areas that need help the most. Posado's is reducing the number of unwanted animals by making spaying and neutering easy, safe, and inexpensive. To check the Space Station schedule or to read more, please visit posadosafehaven.org. That's P-A-S-A-D-O safehaven.org. Would you like one of the most rewarding sales jobs of your life? The Dr. Pat Show has rapidly grown into a number one talk radio show, hailed for its remarkable guests, sponsors with integrity, and amazing listeners. Dr. Pat is in search of a creative, self-starting, energetic person to join the marketing team. If you're interested in helping to promote and sustain The Dr. Pat Show, submit your resume to pat at thedrpatshow.com. This is your opportunity to make a difference in the world. Tune in your radio to hear Carrie O'Connor, master visionary, medium, and clairvoyant, as she uses her amazing psychic gifts to help you step into your divine power and begin to create the life of your dreams. Carrie will read your unique energy field, connecting you with the treasures of your soul, your passions, and your true life purpose. Don't miss Carrie's weekly astounding and energetic predictions. Fasten your seatbelt as you take a wild ride with Carrie O'Connor. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific. Listen live at thedrpatshow.com. Bringing you fresh perspectives every day. Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Talking to Tom Campbell here. Uh, love to introduce everyone to the Save Our Seas Foundation. It's a nonprofit uh, organization. Its purpose is to implement and support diverse programs aimed at education, protection, and conservation of the marine environment around the world. SaveOurSeas.com is the website. Tom Campbell is my guest today. And pretty much as a marine wildlife photographer and cinematographer, I bet he has seen some things that go beyond 
beyond anything we could even imagine. He's joining us here today because he's passionate about educating and informing all of us so that we know the action that we could take. Tom, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you, Pat. Let, let's talk a little bit about what uh, some of the other factors, some of the other concerns you have. And then, you know, let's talk about them in conjunction to save our seas. I, I mean, oil drilling, offshore oil drilling. I mean, isn't there a legislation proposed not only just to do offshore oil drilling, but to kind of poke a hole in the center of the earth somewhere? I mean, you know, why is it that this is okay? And is it okay? It's quite controversial. Well, Pat, it's very controversial, and rather than step into the middle of the politics of it, all I can do is give you some some facts and some things that I've seen personally over the years since I've been diving in so many countries around the world over the nearly last 50 years. And I live in Santa Barbara, California, where we have had a major oil spill, and I can tell you it was catastrophic. You you could not use any of the Southern California beaches here where the oil spill was for several several years. And the cleanup activity was astronomical. And the, the real sad part is that, again, people don't see this type of thing. For example, in 1991, there were 240 million gallons went into the Persian Gulf. Um, much of that was never cleaned up. Uh, the blowout offshore well in, uh, in uh, Mexico in 1979 was 140 million gallons. The Exxon Valdez, which I think almost everybody heard about because that was more recent, uh, that only spilled 11 million gallons into Prince William Sound. And recently, while working with the scientist, Bruce Wright up there, uh, he told me that there are still many places along the beach where you can over just turn over a rock and there'll be oil underneath it and still creatures that die from it. I think probably this, the saddest part, and here in Santa Barbara, I mean, I'll never forget what the oil spill did here. I saw all the dead birds and sea otters and sea lions and dolphins and all the, all the creatures that were killed as a result of the oil and the, the massive cleanup that they tried to make. And it took a long, long time. But for any spill, only 15% can be cleaned up. In addition, the 97%, because uh, it's 5 to 15%, but 97% of the oil spills that occur under 1,000 barrels are not even required to be uh, any statements made about it. They don't have to tell anybody. So when you look at that, I mean, I can just take a boat off the coast here and see lots of lines that come away from the oil platforms that are leaking oil coming out. And most of the boaters don't like to get too close to the oil platforms because they end up with oil on their boats. For the obvious reasons, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, it's out of sight and out of mind. And just how much damage occurs from it, it's really hard to tell because we don't see the fish life that die. We do know that now they're catching more and more fish. The fishing, the salmon fishing industry has been shut down here in California. And I know that farther north in Washington and Oregon, the mercury content in salmon and other fish is, is off the scale. So these are things that people need to be concerned about because if they don't see what's happening, they are going to be eating the fish that come out of the ocean. And it's not always going to be healthy for them. Don't you think, I mean, I, I, I hate to say this, but... It's almost as if it needs to get to that level for people to say we have a serious crisis and we don't want it to get to that level. I mean, you and I were talking during the break. We still haven't cleaned up from the Valdez still. Right. I mean, you know, we still 
I, I mean, people people don't know, and I think Tom, this is part of what we're where the conversation we're having today. But I want to jump to this place of what we can do. How can we? How can the next generation save our seas? and therefore save mankind because if we don't save our seas mm -hmm. th there, there's not technology that we've developed that's going to be able to help us out mm -hmm. well i think i think it boils down to education i think more people have to know what's going on and again it's sad that we have to paint a doom and gloom picture about a lot of this but so much of it is very serious and it's gone on so long without being put in check but what happened with the save our seas program is that They've come out with a number of educational things, just things that create awareness for people, especially young children. And they tied in with Jokar Book Productions out of Los Angeles. And it's kind of like a Spy Kids Meet Jacques Cousteau. And it's for kids 8 to 12. And this book series is going to be very successful. It's extremely interesting and fun for the kids to read them. And they can go on a real-life journey because each one of the stories came from a real-life Wild, wildlife cinematography shoot. A production crew actually went on location and shot a story about these animals, and the book is based on that. But then they bring in these kids who are real high-tech. They have their own little submarine. They have their own aircraft. As you know, most kids are smarter with computers nowadays than many of us adults are. And it's not uncommon to find kids that are 8 and 12 that are real whiz kids with the computers. Well, these spy kids that meet Chocolate Stowe have got all this equipment, and they go on location to deal with problems that might be occurring or to learn more about what's happening there. For example, the first story is called Great White Red Alert. And it's about great white sharks. And who's not interested in sharks? I mean, they're very interesting animals. Especially kids love to hear about sharks. And this one deals with white sharks in South Africa. And the kids go there to find out if the sharks are endangered and what's happening with them and what they can do to prevent it. The next location is called Devilfish. And it's about giant manta rays off the coast of Mexico and in, and in Africa. And manta rays are one of the most interesting creatures in the sea. They grow to be over 3,000 pounds, over 20 feet wide, and they like people. They're very curious of people. So these kids get in their submarine and their aircraft, and they take their dog, and away they go to learn more about those particular creatures. So I think, in large part... That's where some of the answer is, and especially for parents who are considerate and concerned about what the environment's all about, this is a great place for them to have their kids get involved. Well, Tom, I think what you've just pointed out is brilliant. Um, where can where can people find out more information about this? Because okay. truly, it question. doesn't take much for our young people to get behind this. I mean, it, no. It, it, no. They find it very interesting, and the kids that I've talked to that have started reading this book series, they're way into it. It's very interesting. So they can go to SaveOurSeas.com, and when they pull up that website, on the right-hand side, there's information about the Save Our Seas Adventure book series. And the books are also available in Borders, Barnes & Noble, uh, on uh, Amazon.com, and several other places like marine uh, aquariums and things like that. So they are easily available, and parents just have to get their kids there to pick them up. Well, I, actually, this is fabulous. I mean, for someone like yourself, Tom, who has spent most of his life, I think, in the ocean and, and so committed, so dedicated, you've been able to see the change, haven't you? You've been able to see what we're doing over uh, a number of different de decades. It is. I, it, it's very upsetting sometimes because... 
as you point out, Pat, I remember when I used to go to the Channel Islands. I've, I've dived the Channel Islands here off the Santa Barbara coast yep. for many, many years, and I have literally thousands of dives out here. We used to count, try to count the blue shark fins on the way over to the island because oh, there would yeah. be hundreds. Right. And they're interesting, and they're beautiful animals to see on the surface, and they feed on the surface on flat, calm days. I haven't seen a blue shark fin out here for two years. Well, that kind of sums up uh, for those of you that have also seen some changes, what's happening. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, don't touch that dial. Carrie O'Connor coming up. Boy, she has got a great show for you. And don't forget, SaveOurSeas.com is the website. This is the Dr. Pat Show. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Things are